0: Uh, coming to the floor because I want to get some audience feedback. Are you ready? Who amongst us here likes people watching? Yeah. Raise your hand. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to ask you some questions. What do you like about people watching? <laughs> um, I, their behaviors are fascinating. Behavior. Someone else. Someone else. What do you. Ian's just immediately turning his way. <laughs> Lily. You get good outfit ideas from people. (laughs) I like that one because that's exactly what I do. I look at people's outfits and I think, oh, that would look really nice on me. Somebody else, really quickly. Hurry up. Yes. Oh, sorry. Let me come down here. Excuse me. Let me just walk down here. Sorry about that. What is it? Their sense of humour. Their sense of (laughs) humour. I like that humour. Somebody else over here. What do you like to look at? What do you like? Yes. i like to know if the body language matches the words. Hang on. i like to know if the body language matches the words. Ah, body language. Somebody else. Somebody else, quickly. Oh, no, do you have to always be on the other side of the auditorium? <laughs> this is my exercise for today. What do you like when you're people watching? I like to pick up on people's energy. You like to pick up on people's energy. I like it. I like to try and guess what they do for the... <laughs> I like that answer. That's what I do as well. Oh, here we go. Mark Hodder. I just say reassurance, and it's not only my kids that don't always do what they should. <laughs> People watching is fascinating, isn't it? I sit there, and I'm looking, and I'm guessing what they do as a, for work, and I'm looking at their faces, and I'm thinking to myself, that's a face only a mother could love. And I'm, I'm looking at the responses that they bring, and I look at some faces and I think to myself, gosh, they look so sad. They look so sad. And I'm looking at people. Uh, how many of you know that as Christians, we need to do more than just watch people? We need to connect with people. Now, here's the next one. You like people watching. How many of you realize that there are people watching you as well? You know, as a kid in high school, I really hated, I always felt so self-conscious when I was walking across the the school square, it was sort of like, you know, trying to monitor how I, I walk, you know, without swag or trying to draw attention to myself. I didn't want anyone to look at me. But you know, the thing is, people are watching you. People are looking at you all the time it's scary isn't it we're being stalked by the entire population now I've got a question for you you need to help me here if we were to choose one word to describe what people think of Christians okay now this is people who are outside the church what do you think that one word would be? They look at Christians and they say Judgemental. Huh? Judgmental? A cult. You said that. What? Brainwashed. Brainwashed. That's true. Kind. Very good. Yeah. Self-righteous. Self-righteous? Someone else shouted out a word? Hypocrite. hypocrite. Let's pause just there. The word hypocrite. Can I change microphones now? Yeah, yeah good. i going to hand this one back. The word hypocrite comes from a combination of words that looks like you being an actor. You're pretending. Now... I uh, I love watching Thai TV, and uh, it's it's quite exciting actually. It's not until you actually see them on social media that you realise that that's exactly what they're doing. They're acting. Can I just remind me later? (laughs) Go away! I've got to actually go out here and do this now. This is really painful. It won't go away. This is, this is quite, quite crazy. <clears throat> ah, it's gone. I'm always thrilled when it goes. The word hypocrite, and you're right, a lot of people think we're brainwashed. A lot of times we come across as judgmental. We come across as looking down on some people. But I think the word hypocrite is a word that describes how a lot of people see Christians. We preach one thing, but we act in another way. It contradicts the power of our life. It waters down our message. We're trying to talk about the love of God, and yet we've got hate and judgment in our heart towards certain sectors of society. This gives people a valid argument and reason to disregard our church, our Christianity, and our Christ. Mahatma Gandhi once said, and it should be on the screen, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. Ouch. Ouch. I remember this guy, I was at Tesco's, at Blue Ball, and I was trying to go in. I had my blinker on and everything. But this guy came up from this side and just drove straight in. I gotta be honest, as I was walking past his car, the thought entered my mind that it would be so good if I had a brick in my hand and I could (laughs) smash his window through. I'm pleased I didn't, you know, act on that thought. Phil would have had to come and bail me out of jail would have been tough, but he's there, he's always there, it's always available. (laughs) So what do you do for a job, sir? Oh, I'm a pastor of a local church. Oh. Mm. Sitting on a plane once, this is many years ago, you've heard this story before, but traveling from Sydney back to Melbourne, they upgraded me to business class. And I'm sitting next to this lady and she looks at me, she says, oh, so what do you do? I said, I'm a minister. She goes, oh, state or federal? I said, in the church. And she looked at me and she said, huh, you don't look like a minister. I took it as a compliment. Because obviously her idea of a minister was something different to what she had sitting next to her. Jesus speaks to his followers and he says this in Matthew 5, 13 to 16. You're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that, you may, so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I want you to pause here. Sometimes these words of Jesus are amazingly challenged, challenging. But I want you to think about them. How do they apply to us? Just before I go any further, we're starting a new series today called Say Something. Jesus says, you're the light of the world. His comment applies, implies that there, there's darkness in the world. We should not be surprised at the darkness that surrounds us. When Jesus' disciples went out into the world in the early days of the church, they were in a pre-Christian society. When Paul went to the town of Ephesus or the city of Ephesus, this was a city dominated by the temple of Diana, Artemis. And this temple controlled every aspect of life in that city. And yet Paul was there to plant a church. He didn't have the benefit of social media. There was no centuries of Christian theological belief that went before him. He was there to preach about Jesus to a generation... in in complete and utter darkness. They had no idea about God and his son, Jesus. Jesus says this light dispels darkness and reveals truth. The Old Testament says your word is a lamp unto my feet, but that lamp is also helping others to find the way. You are the light of the world. It's not me, your paid pastor, who's the light of the world. It's you. Technically speaking, we don't come to church. Technically speaking, we are the church and we gather together on a Sunday, the Lord's day. We come, we worship, we praise, we we pray, we listen to his word. We get challenged by that word and we go out and seek to live it out from Monday to Saturday. You, you are the light of the world and there are people all around you watching you. They're waiting for you to slip up. They're waiting for you to stub your toe and swear. I know none of you who would ever do that. Just saying right? We're all really good Christians and none of us swear. (laughs) It's our light that opens up vistas to others. They get to see something. And it's not just your joyfulness, but it's when you're going through a tough time and you're kind to other people when it would be so easy to not be. Think about it, See La pause, you. And others will see your light and will be drawn to that light. Why? Because so many people live in a dark place. These things have been complicated after lockdown. Many people are still working through the traumas of the COVID era. Many people are still wrestling with emotional health and mental health. Many people are still working through the devastation that took place in their relationships over COVID. Divorces skyrocketing around the world. There was one particular statistic which grabbed my attention from Wuhan, China. Divorces after the lockdown rose by 55%. challenging, isn't it? You know, thank God, me and Denise, 41 years, we still love each other. We even like each other. You got it. That's an example. It's a light for others to see. (laughs) This light reveals truth on the inward side of us. People look at our light and they become aware of their own dysfunction. They become aware of their own darkness and they feel drawn to that light. Jesus said you're like a city on a hill. A city city on a hill is obvious. Are you obvious by your demeanor? Are you obvious by your attitude? Are you obvious by the manner of speech? Everywhere we go, you know, Denise and I, we, we, hotels, planes, airports, restaurants, we're always talking to people. I love going to these um, pastors' conferences. Uh, Me, Phil, and Sam went up to Chesterfield. Had my passport stamped three times on the way and um, had to eat Cumberland sausages and mash. Mm. (laughs) Mm. Two o'clock this morning, I was still, could still taste it. Awful stuff. But, uh, you know, when I'm at these conferences, The the people I go to are the, the musicians. Hey, you're really good, you know, fantastic. I go to the camera people and chat with them and talk along the line. I go to the people who are serving us and say, hey, thank you so much for your service. People who can't do anything for you displays your attitude towards people around you. So we need to put our light on a stand. We need to be obvious as well. Let your light shine. Stop seeking cover. Now, there are times when I get on a plane and I think to myself, do you know, I I really don't want to talk to anybody today. And I, you know, I just don't. And what happens, and I think God's got a bit of a sense of humor. I get seated next to somebody that really wants to talk. I'm going... And the Lord reminds me, (laughs) don't hide your light. And so we chat. Need to let other people see who we are and glorify God. They need to hear how you speak to them. And in turn, they will begin to think about God differently. So in application, how do we begin to share our faith with people around us? Number one, people watch us but we need to say something as well. It's not good enough for them just to see us, okay? We need to begin to say something. In Colossians four, verses five to six, Paul says, "'Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. "'Make the most of every opportunity. "'Let your conversation be always full of grace, "'seasoned with salt, "'so that you may know how to answer everyone.'" I like this, full of grace but seasoned with salt. Full of grace, but seasoned with salt. Got it? Be wise when you're talking to outsiders. I don't even like the term outsider, but that's the scriptural sort of designation. God, it's so cold up here. (sighs) Be wise. So don't be foolish. Don't be cocky in your manner. Remain nuanced rather than being a space cowboy, right? Super spiritual. Talking to people using Christianese and language that really means very little to them or, or it really does mean something completely different to what you're trying to say. Keep a conversation open and ongoing. He says, be, way in the way, be, be wise in the way that you act, our manner towards people. Remember... People are watching you. Body language, they're watching your body language. I really love you, (laughs) you know. God loves you. (laughs) They're watching you. Our attitude towards others is important. The minute we become judgmental, and I got that one from over here, we lose the ability to be part of the conversation. Don't judge people's behavior attitude, political persuasions. I met up with my friend in Thailand and found out that he had opposite and opposing political views to myself. I enjoyed chatting through some of those things. I said, do you really believe that? He goes, yeah, I do. I'm going, Anyway, his wife got a bit annoyed and grabbed Denise and they went over and had tea somewhere else and and he said to me after, he says, oh, no, my wife really doesn't like all this political discussion. I said, that's great. And that was amongst Christians. Not just Christians, we were in leadership. We were church leaders. And people were saying, your judgmental attitude towards people's, other people's political persuasions is not really helpful. There is a phenomenon taking place in the United States of America and having repercussions around the world. Young people in their 20s and 30s are running away from the local church because of people's excessive, either right-wing or left-wing political philosophies. I think it's time for us to withdraw from making political comments. I was surprised it was like Phil and I have been working together for nearly 20 years but it was 15, sorry, five years ago, so I discovered what his political persuasions were. And I was a bit surprised because we never took politics. Wait, and I know that this is challenging, but of course, the longer you've been married, the more you've been able to develop patience. Wait, be patient, I'm not even gonna look over there. (laughs) This is why we don't give Denise a microphone very often. Wait to be invited to share your perspectives on life. Wait for the question. So how do you navigate through this particular situation? How do you feel about this particular subject? But then again, we need to be wise even though we've been invited to share, be wise in the way that we speak, we need to earn the right to speak with certain people. Denise tells the story. It's a years, years, years old story where we were chatting with this young man uh, about God and he was very, very upset. And we invited him to church and he says, I tell you what, I'll come to church with you if you'll come to the, to the pub with me. I said, sure. Sure. So we went to the pub with him and the whole pile of his friends. I was a bit shocked. It was a drag show. Hey. Lay girls. Denise said, don't look. I said, sweetheart, there are only men up there. <laughs> I'm joking. And uh, we found out some terrible things as this young man was sharing, he says, I went to this church and named her local church that she'd been going to for years and years and years and and they told me that because I was gay, I would never enter into the kingdom of heaven. And we're sitting here in a pub talking to this young man. I heard his story. I started to cry. We need the... We need to earn the right to speak into people's hearts. When he saw our tears and our response to him, he opened up his heart. Speaking of people from the trans community, there was an opportunity where we invited two trans sex workers to our home for dinner. 7.30 at night, they arrived. We had a birthday cake for one of them. The tears that flowed that night were amazing. They said to us, they said, we have never been shown this kind of kindness before in our entire lives. This is the first birthday cake I've had since I was five years old. And then they gave us some good advice. They said, you wanna be really careful inviting people like us into your home. I'm going, it's okay, we're fine, we'll take the risk. We need to earn the right To speak. And I'm of the opinion, God says in his word, it's the kindness of God that leads people to change their minds about God. And I think as we display kindness towards others, we earn the right to be able to speak. Stop looking at the obvious things in people's lives. Take time to develop a nuanced response to the real difficulties that people may be facing. Pull the curtain back on people's lives. When I heard that this young woman who we made a birthday cake for, saying this is, she was 25, 26 years old. This is the first time I've had a birthday cake since I was five years old. All of a sudden, that comment sort of pulls the curtain back just a little bit as to what she would have gone through, of what she would have been experiencing in her life. Isn't that a little bit more important to us than what a person may be wearing at that particular time or their orientation or their choice of personal pronouns. Can we not get over ourselves a little bit? Pull the curtain back on people's lives and see what they're going through. Paul says, make the most of every opportunity. Don't let an opportunity pass you by because you're on a plane and you don't want to talk to anybody. Right, don't be too busy, or you may feel the person this is this is scary the person doesn't deserve my time, or because your beliefs are at odds with them. Remember the Good Samaritan, I just wanted to get that in right up front about the Good Samaritan. He there were two other people in that story, both of the religious. passed on the other side of the road hiding their eyes no care no concern no love no compassion no tenderness and that Jesus telling the story takes someone who's a, a known and suspicious individual a Samaritan and uses him to become the hero of the story you can imagine the Jewish audience were very very upset to hear this story I like the term conversation. Oftentimes we wanna preach at people. I remember in my first year of being a Christian, our church was really famous for going out on the streets and we handed out these tracts to everybody. And, and then I heard somebody who wasn't a Christian and they said, Who are these crazy, wacko, religious people interrupting my Saturday night entertainment with them wanting to preach at me and hand me their pieces of information? Walking through Norwich a number of years ago and listening to the comments of people behind me as these groups of Christians were hanging, uh, uh, lifting their signs up. God hates... And you put it in, put whatever you want in there. They're walking behind me going, these kooky, crazy people, I think they're a cult. Paul says, let your conversation be full of grace, seasoned with salt, full of grace. What does that mean? As we relate to people who are outside of the church, relating with people who we wish to share our faith with, what it means is this. Learn to be kind. Learn to be gracious in the way that we speak to other people. Learn to be polite, civil, well-mannered, congenial. I keep getting this picture of those people with their signs on the streets of Norwich. Their faces did not tell me that they were serving a loving, kind God. All I saw was hatred and judgmentalism. I saw everything which was opposed to the graciousness with which we are to reach out to people. Now remember, when Paul was in Ephesus, actually when all of the disciples went out into the world to preach the gospel, there was no resident memories of Jesus in any of their lives. There was no New Testament. Churches were an absolutely amazing thing and there was only one in every city. Are you hearing me? Be aware and actively attentive to important societal facts and issues, especially issues of racial, sexual, and of social justice. Educate yourself. Understand the issues of the day and speak with kind understanding. Let your conversations with people be full of grace. Now. I know that there are certain kinds of people that make us feel uncomfortable. Okay? We need to get over ourselves. We need to be comfortable in the harvest field. We need to be comfortable as we we talk to people and share with people and chat with people. Full of grace, seasoned with salt, Here's a good one. Flavor your conversation with wit, intelligence, and a sense of humor. Your ability to quote scriptures from the King James Bible or any other translation may come in second place if you're funny, relaxed, witty, intelligent. I know that's a challenge for some of us. The intelligence part. Thanks, Simon. I saw the face, I saw your <laughs> smile. You got it. Think. Everybody else did. Learn to explain biblical language. Try not to even use certain kinds of biblical language. Never assume your audience understands and knows what you mean. Ask good questions. Get people to open up and share. Open-ended questions. How does this make you feel? Be careful of coming across as overly spiritual. Faith for you may look like this leap of blind faith to others. Paul goes on and he says, know how to answer everyone. Firstly, it's okay to say you don't know the answer to a question, but I will go and find out. And then I will come back and we will pick up this discussion later. This is especially with people who we see on a regular basis. Secondly, as I've already said, become a student of popular culture. Be aware of social justice issues and speak knowledgeably concerning issues of importance. Read widely, study, don't shy away from tough subjects. Okay, so say something. How do you say it? I've given you a really good explanation here. You can go back and watch this on our YouTube channel. For those of you, I wanna just, Christians, sit back now, just relax. Chill, quietly begin to pray. I wanna talk to those of you that would not call yourself a Christian. Those of you who are here today because somebody dragged you here. They said, oh, you'll love it. It's wonderful. It'll be fun. Come along. Okay, and you're thinking to yourself, well, this is pretty hardcore stuff you're talking about, how to teach people to convert me. I understand how you feel. But I just want to explain something. As followers of Jesus, we've been entrusted with something which Jesus himself called good news news. And it's got to be good in a world where we've got so much bad news happening around us. We've got good news. It's been entrusted to us. And we've been encouraged by Jesus to share our faith with other people. We are his ambassadors to the world. I hope that during this message, you've seen that how we want to share our faith with others is based on respect, to have a courteous attitude, to value you, who are not part of our church, to value you who are still on a spiritual journey to discover this kind of information. I hope you've heard that we're not trying to ram things down your throat, but to engage in meaningful interaction with you, with this courteous attitude. I want to teach our congregation, for those of you that are not part of the congregation, I want to teach our congregation how to share their faith without judging you and putting you down and making light of you or the situations that you may find yourself in. We have a desire in our heart to share the experience that we've had while still honoring you as a person we value. So for those of you that are not part of the church, I hope you've heard that and understand where I'm coming from today. For those of you that are part of the church, I pray that this has been timely instruction on how we need to be at home in the harvest and reach out to those around us and love them, even when we feel uncomfortable. One of the things I love about Jesus, and you guys can start playing very quietly in the background, I'm nearly finished. One of the things I love about Jesus, he didn't show any kind of judgment towards people. He was comfortable with a woman who had been caught in the very act of adultery. He was comfortable having dinner with a dreaded, horrible tax collector. Jesus was happy to spend time with people. You know why? Because He loved people. And I don't want this to be a trite cliche for our church. Love God, love people, whatever the other one was. OK? I do love God. And, and any of you that have ever traveled with me, you know I love people too. There are those of you who here in this congregation who I know have been through some real struggles in your life and you know, you know, I love you. I have a very warm affection for you. Some of you are like my daughters in the faith and I'm old enough now to actually have daughters in the faith. It's true. I've got sons in the faith. I've got spiritual grandkids. want you to understand, and I want to be this example to you, if I can. Love people regardless of their background. Regardless of any aspect of their life that you think to yourself, oh, that's a sin. Well, Jesus was a friend of sinners. Love people Show you love people. Speak in a manner that shows you respect and value them as worthwhile people with dignity.